Welcome to What's Your Beef? Each week, we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, I'm Jane Cudahy and this is What's Your Beef? The cattle market. At its best, we love it, and when it comes crashing down, we curse it. But without it, none of us would be here. It's also what we like to talk about the most. One of the greatest aspects of the Beef Australia Expo is the ability to do business, network, negotiate and showcase. There's a wonderful opportunity for everyone in the supply chain to get involved and stretch their horizons. Paul Holm is the Northern Zone Livestock Manager at Elders. Considering that covers the area north of Dubbo into Queensland, as well as the Northern Territory, I'd say that's a lot of beef. Is there anywhere else in Australia to cover, Paul? Oh, well, that's the important part from our perspective anyway. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming and um, chatting to us today. We are highlighting some of our business partners at the Great Beef event and yourself being involved with elders. So what makes doing business at Beef such a good opportunity for an agribusiness like elders? Well, we're everywhere and um, across regional Australia and we see people that are involved in the beef game from across all parts of regional Australia as well as uh, international uh, people, hopefully, um, at, uh, at the Beef event. So it's a great uh, opportunity to um, to whilst Australia is such a big place to make it just a little bit smaller for that uh, for that week and connect with everyone around it. It is such a big networking. I'll call it networking. I'm sure networking can take on many different forms. But what business gets done when you say, you know, there's business being done? What's happening in your tent? What we're doing there is highlighting um, some of our key partners and the key parts of our business um, generally. So we'll have some some key corporate partners, some some of the larger agribusinesses across Australia, um, and we'll uh, we'll be showcasing their their new uh, new tech uh, their new products or new technologies coming out, as well as highlighting all the different aspects of the elders' business throughout our uh, our shed or tent. And so, whether that's um, you know the different products that we sell or the different parts of the business that maybe uh, producers across Australia don't realise that we're part of such as Thomas Elder Institute and the Thomas Elder Consulting arm um, that, are, that are new to the business. Um, so we'll be using them to highlight as well as, you know, there's a lot of meetings that go on and a lot of people that, you know, connect with um, with uh, different parts of our business. As I said, it's, you know, a big brown land, increasingly a little bit greener this year, but, um, you know, when, when we transact beef across a lot of those um a lot of those regions so it's good to get people together in a lot of circumstances we've done business with people in other states that we might never have met before so it's a good opportunity to catch up and see them face to face and really connect now elders has a real national you know identity and it, it's i guess ebbed and flowed with with the right range of products and services you've offered over the years what is involved in elders agribusiness now what what's is covered under the umbrella of elders so yeah well i mean basically we start with um what you know we would deem to be the the people the bits that people would already know so your livestock your wool your financial services your insurance real estate um farm supplies which people would see on a day-to-day basis and then it's about highlighting the other the other things as i say that 
Thomas Elder uh, Consulting Group, which are elders' employees that don't wear our traditional and well-loved pink shirt, but um, <laughs> that, you know, operate for the service of, of our clientele, but without, so they can, um, they can feel they can approach them without, you know, the fear of a, of a sales pitch, which is, you know, one of the concerns that you get from producers at times that, you know, when they see somebody from a, from a, from elders that they, they're getting sold to where the Thomas Elder consulting team is, is there to offer uh, information and services that they might normally see from a traditional elders employee in inverted commas. It's also about highlighting the different aspects in inside those you know, traditional uh, products. So our, our stud stock team, you know, and um, we'll also be, you know, uh, well featured there that we, um, you know, stud sales generally at at, um, at beef, as well as, you know, people highlighting and going to see your different clientele that we'll sell uh, bulls for throughout the year, the, the seed stock clients. So it's an important part for highlighting all of those different spots. So how many how many hotel rooms would elders have to book in the lead up to this? Because that's a lot of that's a lot of manpower and women power on the ground at the one event with all of those. Yeah, there's um, yeah, I think we stay at the same uh, we stay at the same motel every time, and I think we have about thirty odd rooms there. <laughs> Plus, there would be there would be um, various uh, scatterings around the the local staff that would be accommodating some of their. Uh, Colleagues from Flunger Field. So I reckon. Yeah, I, think, I just yeah. was curious because that's that's a lot of people to to get it, get into the one town. Um, now you've done work all over the country: um, Roma, Alice Springs, Bendigo, Gippsland. It's far ranging. Are there differences in how you do business in different parts of Australia? So, say when you've got a few hundred head of northern beef cattle, as opposed to a couple of high value wagyu's, is the conversation around those cattle different when you're dealing with different parts of the world? Look, I think each each individual area has its own little nuances, but I mean in the end all we're doing is is adding value to the conversation. So yeah, it's um everyone loves to go out and sell, you know, five hundred Santa heifers from somebody. But, you know, the the producer that's producing those two high value wagyu cross cattle that um that percentage of their business is just as important as the person that's uh, raising all those other ones, you know, north of Claremont. So um, the conversation is along the same lines, really. It's yeah. just about it's about how, um, you know, on the day and when you're uh, on farm with the person, you've got to give them everything you can and, and add that value. And that takes away, um, you know, th- they can take away from that um, the benefits of being involved in a good agent. Yeah, radio. Now, from your role in Elders, how have you seen the industry change since last beef? So I suppose we were starting to enter the drought. We thought we were well and truly into it, the last one, but we were starting to really um, to enter it. Uh, we had another 18 months of what would be considered to be fairly brutal climatic conditions where we've seen um, you know, a lot of the herds sell down. And um, and that has changed the value proposition. So, um, you know, cattle, the perception that Australia is very low cattle numbers, which seems to be very right, um, is now forcing the the market to go to places that we haven't seen before. The 2000 and uh, beef uh, 2018, we were very much talking around, you know, objective livestock, uh, objective marketing of um, of a carcass cutout mm-hmm. and, and how that was going to improve the industry. 
where with that bubbling away in the background, we've actually gone to what is unprecedented levels. So, you know, as and that's the one beauty of the beef industry in Australia is that, you know, it can ebb and flow and move and the, and the target can move constantly. In the background, all the work is still being done, but we've seen the reduction in numbers and the supply chain balance move significantly. Um, and now, you know, the, the cutout for the producer or the price the producer is receiving on farm has gone to unprecedented levels without actually going down the whole objective marketing stance. That was a quick move, though. Three years to get usually, you know, change takes time and new adaptions and way of thinking of things, ways of thinking. Yeah, and uh, look, I think it's still happening in the background. It was just we got the the producers got put under so much pressure in terms of because you know, it just forgot to rain, or, <laughs> and then when it did remember to rain, it rained meters and meters of it in the, yeah. in North Queensland. You know, so the average was probably right, but it mm. was just all the rain fell in two postcodes and um, and none anywhere else. But so you know, and that's that's one of the challenges with the industry is that. You can be focused on what's happening in front of you right now, where we still need that that move that, as an industry, we are agreed on. Um, we still need to happen in the background all the while while we're um, seeing unprecedented prices. You know, uh, the MLA have got, you know, they would have had a lot of extra money arrive into their uh, coffers in the last few years because there's been a, such a big sell. But like the rest of us, they know that that, that um, balance is going to to shift because we will rebuild the herd in time. Um, you know, we've seen the sheep flock start to rebuild very quickly and it just takes a little bit longer for the beef flock. We've still seen female kills be a fair bit higher than what you would hope for. But, you know, I absolutely think that, you know, the female retention rate is out there. It's just, you know, whether, you know, producers are taking advantage of... Um, of the high cow prices just at the moment mm. to continue to improve their herds. That would be the, you know, the hope that we would have. Yeah, I would say, I would say well, I would like to think so too. Now, we're still a way off from next year's event. What's the, some of the conversations from that that you think you'll be having then? Crystal balling, sorry. <laughs> no, well, that, I mean, that's where you've always got to look for. And I think once it comes down to, because we will be looking at such a low herd number that those females are going to be beyond valuable and so it will be absolutely important for the producers and agribusiness um, providers and, and agribusinesses such as ourselves and um, to ensure that what we're getting out of those females is going to be as much as we possibly can so whether that's moving down you know a genomics route where we end up you know, targeting high-performance, uh, highly fertile females to try and rebuild the herd in the in quickest time as possible. I think that's where we'll probably end up um, mm. because those ladies and the maidens and the and the ladies that we're going to have in our herd are going to be very, very important, you know. So, and I think the, the breeding stock that we use with those, um, you know, a, a real focus on fertility will be, will be very, very vital um, for us to catch up. I think, you know, R&D programs over the last certainly 18 months, two years have been pointing towards that. It's not a hard stretch to say that that would be the next likely chain of events. I think so. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so how has the role of agents changed with initiatives like online marketing? There used to be days, sale yard days, where everything went through the sale yards and agents were such they were involved in every sale across the board and now it has the whole way that we market cattle has changed. How has the role of agents changed with that? I think it's we've just really moved to, to be very adaptable. Um, I mean, Auctions Plus... Um, has become a tool that used to be in, you know, most agents' toolbox. They used it. They knew where it was. They'd often log on on a Friday to have a look at the Eastern States cattle sale, and 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 it was just part of what they did. Where now it is absolutely key and, and an essential part. You know, we spend as a as a business, we spend a lot of money training training our staff to to get their assessments right and make sure that the cattle that they're delivering are are as per the assessment, and I think it's just become vital, particularly when you when you look at this season. Um, you know, there have been cattle from well north of Charters Towers go down into the New England, in New South Wales, into places where they would never ever been before, um, and the, and the way that they've been transacted is via auctions plus. You know, it's it's you know the, those producers down there had to adapt. They couldn't buy the pretty Angus steers and heifers that they wanted to buy. And Charters Towers but cattle that, are just as pretty. Thank you very much. They are. <laughs> much, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's about adapting to that change and and the producers had to. Like, you know, they were the agents down there were saying, well, you can't buy what you would normally buy, so how about we look at this marketing here, this option here, and it's about turning grass into beef um, in the most efficient way. And and it's it's gone well. There's uh, you know there were plenty of questions. Don't don't worry with um you know how a grey Brahmin from um, Greenvale might survive in uh, sure. minus five at Gyra, but exactly. with you know with strong nutritional advice, um, you know the, the, the those cattle have performed, and we're starting to see those trades come through. And, and you know as the as the Eki has risen along the way. You know, we've seen those trades complete and, and now they can start to step into the breeders that they want to retain long term. But that's the beauty of, you know, the transport system and auctions plus is that you can you can sit down in the comfort of your lounge room and buy cattle from all over Australia. You know, a lot of even cattle in Western Australia this year transact and come into Queensland um, with those producers over there seeing... Um, Seeing the benefit of the the feed that's fallen, you know, four thousand k's away, the rain that's fallen four thousand k's away, and they've been able to get the benefit of that via auctions plus. It's amazing, isn't it? And you know, good solid agribusiness advice is just a phone call away. That's it. We're always here. <laughs> now, look, business in the bush, business everywhere, but business in the bush is done on a handshake. We greet on a handshake, handshakes galore down at um, Beef Twenty One. But with the brave new world post, hopefully COVID, is how do how are we going to be handshaking? You're just going to have a few gallons of hand sanitizer there. <laughs> It'll be the interesting thing how we adapt to that. Um, we've seen, you know, in it's super yards, awkward when you yeah, have to remind it, yourself it, not to handshake. <laughs> yeah, you've seen sort of an increase in elbow bumping that yeah. sort of started. I was at the uh, Young Auctioneers competition just the other day, and of course, as the as the prize winners for the um, for the lead steer and the and the and the um, prime competition coming up, you know, we had to remind ourselves 
all the time that we weren't to uh, to shake hands because it's just a natural thing. So, mm. you know, I think as we get to beef next year, it's still eight or nine months away. Mm. Um, that seems to be a long time. You know, 2020 seems to have taken about eight or nine years so far. So um, <laughs> yeah. May seems like a long way away yet. So hopefully we'll be back to some sort of normality but perhaps it'll be a new norm that we'll have to get used to very quickly i I prefer the ankle tap myself i get a fair bit of satisfaction depending on who you're meeting and greeting (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah just got to be a bit careful about (laughs) yeah that's right now we've heard on this podcast from many producers and industry innovators about sustainability but from an agent's point of view or an agribusiness point of view how does sustainability play a role in businesses like beef production I suppose it's about looking at about what the the goods and services that we're providing to the to the customers and and making sure that they they meet the needs of of um of their businesses going uh, going forward. Um, sustainability is is a as a lot of ways you know has is a hard thing to measure. Um, there's been a lot of discussion at an industry level about what actual sustainability looks like, you know, and how do you measure that. In the in the different areas, you know, in the across my career, you know, I've worked in areas that have been. I've had clients that are, whose average rainfall has been six or seven inches, um, up to, you know, forty plus inches. So each each person has a different level of sustainability and and how that how that's measured. So we've got to to look at how we interact with our clients. You know, and and the, the districts and the communities that we live in, mm. um, because we need to help keep them sustainable. I mean, if you look across, you know, agency, particularly in rural Queensland, with the exclusion of councils, um, local councils, you know, agency industries, particularly where there's sayards, is probably one of the biggest employers in those towns. So they, you know, that that may be a measure of the sustainability as we go along. You know, so. Yeah. But then with lending and, and banks and that sort of thing, sustainability is being brought into those decision-making processes more and more. So is it also something that we that corporates have to take a bit of um, um, a lead in education of what they expect sustainability to look like or be, be understood as? Yeah, I think so. Look, you know, certainly the, one of the... One of the benefits of, of working for elders, because you know we're the largest um, publicly listed agribusiness in Australia, is that you know it's a it's a benefit and it's also can be can be uh, tough as well because we have to lead the industry um, and we've been involved in those sustainability discussions. How, how does it look on farm, particularly around you know the further north you go, um, you know we've got reef um, policies around. Um, you know, flow of fertiliser off grazing land and, and cropping land um, and where, as a business, are involved intrinsically in those discussions. So even our, you know, stock salesmen that, that are based out in the West have, uh, you know, have a level of understanding about how you know, sustainability is measured from an industry and, and being part of those discussions is important because we bring our perspective. We have to, we look at a, a lot of different clients, you know, whether you've got, you know, two cows, as we said earlier on, or whether you've got, you know, 500,000, we can be part of those discussions. And I think it's important from an advocacy point of view yeah. that we're involved in those as well because we've seen certainly a lot of um, reduction in, um, 
in people in the bush that um, can can talk to producers about how to improve their business. Um, and I think um, the private sector will probably have to pick up where the public se- sector has has been left wanting over the last few years. Well, certainly interesting conversations to be had. Now, Paul, you've spent 16 years as an agent and from all the chat I've heard over the years, there's quite a few uh, stories from the road that should stay on the road of, of any agent's, I guess, portfolio. But what have been some of your highlights? You've seen a lot of Australia in your various house moves. And oh, where did where did you start, actually? Where, where did you grow up and how did you know that you really wanted to be an agent? Uh, so I grew up in, in South Gippsland, 150 k's from from Melbourne. Um, so Brahman my... was in your blood then with this Northern Australia <laughs> management? No, I got I developed that taste a bit later <laughs> yeah. in life. Um, and, and my you know, parents were dairy farmers originally, and um, but always had a few bullocks on the side. And um, to grow their business, they actually um, had cattle on, on the road um, in my early teens through Western New South Wales. And, and so we had involvement of a lot of different agents particularly one, uh, my father's agent when I was a, a young fellow was a bloke called Don Bowman who worked for VPC who were eventually purchased by by elders in a in a, um, uh, in a merger in the 90s, I suppose it would have been. And so I spent a lot of time with him driving around listening to uh, him buy and sell cattle and just thought it was a fascinating a fascinating job. So from about the age of of 12, I uh, desperately wanted to be an agent and thought really? it was, that's yeah, early, just, goodness. I couldn't think of anything else I wanted to do. Um, and, um, and yeah, just sort of finished uh, school, went to ag college and and uh, sort of rolled up at the end of year 10 and asked for a job and he told me to finish year 11 and did the same year 11, year 12, went to ag college and eventually got a job and, and started in Gippsland and then I took a phone call one afternoon for an opportunity to uh, to move to Alice Springs, which I did. Um Six As weeks later, and and um, well, that was far enough away, and um, and so yeah, and just and really developed them. That was a great spot to be. You know, there were bigger partial clients. I think the first place I went to in Alice Springs, their house horse paddock was bigger than um, my parents' place. Oh, so um, so we uh, yeah, and just really fell in love with the north there, and and um, and then uh. Uh, I met my wife there as she was working on a cattle place and um, moved to Narracourt to learn a bit about sheep and then back to Queensland where uh, where it was nice and warm and, and we've been up here been up here ever since. So yeah, it's been a it's a great journey. We've had nine moves and they've all been well and truly worthwhile. It's been great. So excellent. Now I'm gonna I do want to go back to the original part of that question because, you know, um, spending so much time on the road and on people's properties and around bars, no doubt, and all sorts of things. What have been some of the highlights of um, of your journeys? I think it's the relationships you develop um, along those times. I'm, I mean, um, highly unlikely you'd ever find an agent in a bar, uh, as you said, but um, it does happen on the odd occasion <laughs> and it's those relationships. I don't know. I've seen a fair few pink shirts and <laughs> at some social gatherings. You kind of you need to yeah, make a we, more discreet uniform, perhaps, if you're going to pull that line, Paul. Yeah, yeah, you've <laughs> got to get them out of their school uniform before they go out. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a relate. Like I, when I was in Alice Springs, you know, we sold. A, it was very dry in that particular time, and and I sold, you know, a, a lot of mobs of cattle to a person that I never actually ever met. Um, 
you know, so we we developed a relationship over the phone. We used to talk nearly every day um, and did that for for a very long time. And I've still never, ever met him. Um, but yeah. I would consider him to be, a, you know, a, a friend if I if he rang, rang me up looking for some help. If something went wrong, I'd certainly do it, and I've never ever laid eyes on. It's on kind him. of and got I to the that, point where you probably can't now because that would that would ruin the magic. It, well, it nearly would. It's a long time, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's um. So they're the sort of things that you get to do, and and the people that you meet along the way. That that handshake that you say. It's unfortunately we can't do the physical um, actual physical act, but mm. the um you know the the values that. Uh, that that entails still hold true in the bush. Mm. There's no doubt about it. So it's yeah, there you know there, lots of different yarns to be had. But yeah, I think those um those lasting relationships you, and you that you develop with a lot of different people. I've worked um across all those places, and there are still people that I talk to from every town that I've that I've worked in. They've, it's been it's been great so far. Mm. I have asked everyone that's come on this podcast um, one question and um, you will be no different. Are you a cook? Do you go into the kitchen or are you? Yeah, yeah, I can do it. Great. So on your average Tuesday, just for your run-of-the-mill um, stay-at-home dinner, nothing fancy, or maybe it is fancy, I don't know, but if you're at the butcher, what are you choosing? What's your favourite cut that you're taking home? At the moment, I cook. I've been um, buying a lot of rump cap just of late. That's got good flavour. You're the second and, person that said that. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I've, I've got uh, yeah, a little butcher shop that I go to. That's on the way home if I'm the, the rare times that I'm in in Toowoomba. And yeah, I'll buy a bit of um, they sell uh, a good uh, grass fed rump cap there. So I buy that and and that's um. What do you the, do with it? The, the, the oh, I just just grill it like we do. Grill it with a bit of um bit of salt that's all you need with beef yep exactly and is is it rare like how are you on the barbecue uh, on a grill yeah yeah we're just on the barbecue we cook it yeah so at home uh, when i get the chance to be there it's um um i'm not uh, as home at, as much as i would like to be on tuesday night when i'm there <laughs> we certainly um we certainly like to cook up a bit of beef on the well, on the barbecue? Well, that, yes. I have to say that um, now that there's a few of you that have mentioned the rump cap, and I guess when you butcher your own meat, you don't get as adventurous or no, well, I don't, um, the cuts as well as I probably should. So I'm going to have to get in get in and have a go at this. Um, look, it's been great to have a chat, Paul. Thank you so much for your time today. And um, we'll look forward to dropping into the Elder's Tent at Beef 21. Look forward to seeing you there. Thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.